episode 39 talk and shop with coach ball game and coach chop uh it's a beautiful day uh here at the end of september how you doing bearded one i'm doing well it's great to be with you and uh, man 39 episodes and we're coming up here on trick-or-treat time we're gonna have some playoff baseball this is gonna be fun 39 times we've come together here over uh, Zoom and and just talked about trying to be a better dad and a better coach and um, and and just a, a better person and we've got some inspiring people that have come on and talked to us about it and uh, we got a, a really inspiring one today super pumped this guy reached out sent an email and and it was one of those emails where you just you, you can't stop reading it you're just, wow this guy can really write he must be an author uh, and then uh, I realized. This guy has written a book about playing catch. Uh, he played catch every day for a year in 2018. His name's Ethan Bryan, uh, and he'll be on in just a few minutes. But Ethan Bryan, he's been to the White House with the Royals. Uh, he plays catch. He's a storyteller. He's an author of 10 books. He spoke at the Baseball Hall of Fame um, and just when when you dig into his story and folks go ahead and push pause here if you want to and go to ethanbryan.com um uh, check out all the stories when you play catch uh, across 10 different states spanning 12,000 miles uh, every day for a year you're going to meet some public school teachers and some uh, military veterans members of the all-american girls professional baseball league i mean the guy has has been around and and uh, he's just inspired to kind of um, let let the world know that uh, that playing catch is good for the soul and and playing catch is um, it's, it's a critical part of of being human and uh, it helps you become more present and and he's actually here he's here right now so. Ethan, Brian, we're going to give you an attaboy on three. One, two, three. Atta, Atta boy. boy. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Nice to meet you. And that's my buddy, Chad Chop. Uh, how you Hi. doing this morning? I, I'm doing good. I, uh, I hope this is a pet-friendly podcast because my, uh, my dog has decided not to leave my side. So I don't know what's going on. I'm so we all good it. with that. Yeah. Yeah, we spell it P A W D cast. So it is a it is a pet friendly podcast. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> good morning. You're good, good to go. <laughs> well, I uh, what a joy it was to kind of uh, cruise uh, through EthanBryan.com and and, and this morning <laughs> really just just reading stories and kind of seeing the the parallels between your journey and mine uh, of how, you know, I, I, I'm obsessed with baseball. I'm obsessed with connecting with people. I'm obsessed with joy. And, and, you know, I've gone on this Sandlot tour coaching kids the past couple of years, and you're doing the same thing by playing the game of catch to the point where you wrote a book about it. Um, and, uh, and, and I want to unpack, I want to unpack that book. I want to impact some stories that um, uh, that that you have have come across that are very inspiring. But uh, I'll, I'll just start nice and simple. Uh, where where are you coming from this morning, and what you have for breakfast? Uh, I'm in Springfield, Missouri, not too far from Branson, 
Uh, it's where the uh, the Double A Springfield Cardinals play, which is good if you're a, a Cardinals fan or if you get the chance to do a Sandlot camp with Pujols, you know, or anything. But but for those of us who are Royals fans, um, you know, we're definitely in the minority in Southwest Missouri. And for breakfast, I had a mocha from Mudhouse Coffee. Big fan of that. Big fan. <clears throat> what would be your nickname, Ethan, there in Springfield, Missouri? <laughs> uh mr catch 365 is what they call me in the the baseball league that i play um the the other one is usually kaylee and sophie's dad <laughs> love that i love, love them both <laughs> yes uh so kaylee and sophie uh i was reading about that. i have two daughters as well which is even even stranger that, that uh, the two of us would would uh, parallel like that they did they inspire you to go on this trip um around the country playing catch they they really are the, the source of it all um my my youngest daughter's an artist she's now she's now a senior in high school but uh she's an artist um she uh, she recently completed a mural on our on our wood fence which is just uh, amazing um but for christmas Oh, for our love uh, listeners there, Dad, want to want to play some catch? Wow, so that you was you baseball and sign that. Yeah, that was uh, so that was Christmas 2017. She gave me this ball, mm. and and I just you know how kids give you a gift certificate, you know, and that's kind of how I interpreted it. This is a gift certificate that she'd play catch with me, and so uh, the ball was on my writing desk in my in my Royals mug, and it was January 1st, 2018, and it was cold and just kind of in that that blah after after holiday season and I saw that ball I just yelled after I said hey Sophie you want to go play catch she asked all these questions and it was, it was I mean it was not a quick conversation it was probably a five or ten minute conversation of her just processing it it was one degree that day and she eventually said yes and so we put on all these clothes went to a, a local softball park did 30 throws and it was just I mean it was freezing and we took a selfie for some reason, and I put it on a blog that I never used, and that was it. And then that afternoon, I'm doing laundry, and I'm watching some football game on TV, and my oldest daughter, who is now a uh, senior musician in, in, in college, just shouted out and said, Dad, I'll play catch with you. So we stepped out in the backyard, and we're throwing the ball, and the dog is just going crazy trying to steal the ball from us. And again, our, our, we both we wore, wore glasses, so our glasses were fogging over. And I put the picture on the blog again. That's two games to catch on first day of the year. It's going to be a good year, something like that. I don't even remember what I wrote. And so that night, it's New Year's night, and we're just having family dinner around the table, and we're kind of just talking about the things that you talk about on uh, resolutions and dreams and goals. And they said, Dad, what would happen if you played catch every day for an entire year? And just immediately, I remember I was laughing. I just, <laughs> oh, what would happen? I know what would happen. I would need surgery. That's exactly what would happen. <laughs> and they were very gracious and encouraged. Well, you really liked it. You should think about it. You like to play catch. What would happen? And, and so they were the ones who inspired it. They are the ones who encouraged it and just kind of gently pushed me into the whole effort. Oh, so good. So good. And uh, I, I can attest when, when your daughters uh, push you along and ask you to do something, man, it, it's a whole different volume that you, <laughs> that you hear in your ear. And uh, 
it's like, okay, maybe I should do this. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hog the whole interview here, Chopper, but uh, I do want to uh, kind of get this year of playing catch going. Uh, I see you went to South Dakota, you went to Iowa, you went to Illinois, Florida. There's a 10 different states, 12,000 miles. You played catch with, with public school teachers, veterans, um, uh, and, and, and many other uh, folks from all walks of life. Um, I, I, what were some, what were some standout moments, uh, maybe early on and, uh, in that, in that trip for you? That's, uh, man. Um, well, I got to go to Field of Dreams with my dad and that was my oh. first trip there. So that was okay. So that, there you go. So that was great. And that was everything you could imagine it to be. And we met, uh, uh, a guy who's an 80 year old ball player um, who, who's been playing ball literally for 70 years and uh, Stan Sipka, uh, retired high school teacher. And so we, so that was fantastic. Um, other, I got to play catch with Mary Moore uh, in this, in the city that you're wearing the Jersey of. Uh, we were at, uh, at, at Rockford stadium and she played in, in that, in the, in the all American girls professional baseball league. And, and so her enthusiasm still for the game and, you know, she was, she's, she was about, I think she was 85 years old. She's in the movie. She's uh, one, when the, in the movie, when the players go visit Cooperstown at the very end, she's in the movie. And then during the credits, when they have the, the, the ball game on the field, she slides into home. So, wow. so I love watching the end of the movie just to point out Mary Moore. Um, so those are those are the two of the top ones that just come come to mind immediately is connecting with Mary and, and then um, and be, being with dad at the Field of Dreams. Man, well, the Field of Dreams, I was able to go two years in a row and there is a vibe. There's an essence there and, and it gives you chills just being there. And, and the music is playing in these speakers that are hidden in the corn. And you see all these smiles from grandpas and grandsons and granddaughters and grandmas and, and anything in between. And uh, everybody's just playing catch and kind of walking yeah. around and, and, and wondering, is, is this really is this heaven on earth here? Um, and I got to play catch with my daughter, uh, which I highly recommend uh, if you get a chance to do that uh, this past year. And um, super special, super special moments for sure. So, um, Chopper, I'll, I'll throw it. I'll throw it your way. What do you got for our our man, Ethan, a.k.a. Uh, 365? Mr. Catch uh, 365. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, one thing I'll say is I haven't been with the Giants in 2014 for that World Series. Uh, oh. beyond in, beyond impressed with Royals fans like the, I mean just I mean a, just an incredible uh, people and so like you're in really good company being a Royals fan and just beyond impressed with y'all's hospitality and I was really really happy that you guys uh, won it in 2015 the question that I have for you is who is your favorite all-time Royal and I'm mine's Bo Jackson I'm gonna come out and say that I'm gonna sneak out in front of you but go ahead <sighs> You can name a Mount Rushmore if you want to. You go Mount Rushmore if it'll make it easier. Four Mount names. Rushmore, my, my top 50. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so, all right, I'll do this through stories. The first game I went to, I was four years old. Uh, my mom was a preschool teacher in Lee Summit, 
Uh, it was May of 1979. The game went 16 innings. In that game, George Brett not only hit for the cycle, but won the game in the bottom of the 16th on a walk-off home run. So George Brett's on the list. Got to be. Shortly after George Brett, there's Frank White, who I also I was uh, in high school at, when I was at my peak form of JV benchwarmerness. I was a uh, a pitcher and second baseman, and so I loved Frank White for what he could do at second base. Fast forward um, a number of years, I got to play catch with Frank White uh, in about 2010 or so. And I just wrote a short story about it. And this was before I had done any professional writing or anything like that. And that story of playing catch with Frank White was the first piece that someone paid me to publish. And so that, that was pretty, pretty special. Um, Dan Quisenberry, I love Dan Quisenberry and, and his heart and his humor and the stories that, that he would pass Frank White on the way to the mound and say, well, Let's see what happens tonight. And, and there's this humility he had in, in his quote that he found a delivery in his flaw or he found a flaw in his or whatever. How to, it's just this wonderful quote that he took what was given to him and, and was able to make a career. At one point, uh, I had all of Dan Quisenberry's baseball cards. I, I no longer do. Um, so there's three. Uh, then after quiz, there's, there's Kevin Seitzer. I loved Kevin Seitzer. Finished second to McGuire in Rookie of the Year. And Bo Jackson, so Seitzer and Jackson were, were contemporaries. And then fast forwarding a couple of years, uh, I loved Alex Gordon, the way he played wow. defense in, in left field. Uh, his, his 2015 home run is literally one of my favorite moments in, in Royals baseball history. And then that whole 2014-2015 team where they, they really came together and, and were just on and off the field, the things they did in the community. Um, so that's the short answer. I love it. And I mean, it's a, it's a rich, rich tradition with Royals. Uh, some would say it's Royal. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a dad. We're all dads. We can do that. Yes. yes. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's great. And like I said, you, it showed the heart of that team because that's such a tough loss in 14. And I think most, I think most fan bases and teams would kind of like shy away from it for a bit and kind of lick their wounds, but they came out with this determination and this resolve, um, yeah. which as coaches, we try to inspire in the youth. So really, really, really cool. I mean, Lorenzo Cain blew me away. He was Ugh. a special, special player. Um, Hosmer, yeah, the, the whole group was awesome. And Alex Gordon obviously kind of was the uh, the backbone of that team. Uh, Coach Ballgame. Salvi? Oh. Yeah, oh, Salvi. Oh, yeah. Forget about Salvi. <laughs> so, so fun. And, yeah, I mean, George Brett's got to be top of the list there for sure quiz with the stash um so good uh and didn't you go to the white house with him is this right yes um how'd that so, happen <laughs> i was working on a nonfiction book about how baseball infiltrates society and all the impact it has just ripple ripple effects and so i was i was interviewing people who have a variety of jobs and how baseball influenced them and in 2015, uh, Obama was the president and White Sox fan. And then his press secretary was Josh Ernest, who was a passionate Royals fan. And you would see pictures of him walking around the White House wearing a Royals hat. And so I reached out, I you know, find who do I send emails to, whatever. And after they won the World Series, I 
I said, can I interview Josh Ernest? I, I said, I don't care about the president. I want to interview the Royals fan that's in the White House. And so uh, they said, yes, we'll call you. And that was it. That was the response. To the, and so all of a sudden I get this phone call. We talked for about 30 minutes. Wonderful interview. And at the end of the interview, I said something like, um, well, if you need me to be there when the Royals come to the White House, you just let me know and I'm there. And, and he ended the interview with a, he, by saying, oh, I know how to track you down. And it was it had this kind of ominous feel to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, and so, you know, I sent emails after the interview saying thank you so much. And and again, if you want me there and, and when they come, that sounds great. And then I forgot about it. And then about six months later, we are with my my in-laws in Houston, Texas. We're watching the, uh, the all-star game, uh, the, the, the home run derby, and Giancarlo Stanton just hitting these bombs. And I get this email that says, please submit your social security and all this information um, to be at the White House in four days. And I was like, I can't. And, and so I just thought it was spam or, you know, whatever. And I started looking at it, and it's from this .gov email. And it's this secure and 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 kind of lean over to my wife. I said, I think we just got an invitation to the White House. So we drove home to Missouri. We had to get our van worked on, made all these reservations, two-day drive to DC. And me and my daughters got to go into the uh, the East Room of the White House with the Royals. We were about um, 30 feet from President Obama. And and the the fanboy part of me is. I mean, we're dressed up. I'm wearing Royals hat, got a Royals pin. My daughters are looking gorgeous in dresses. And we walk up these stairs and all these security things. And we walk up these stairs and I look over the stairs and just an arm's width away from me is Eric Osmer and Wade Davis. And before my brain could do anything, I said, oh my gosh, Wade Davis. <laughs> I just <laughs> it out in the white, I mean, there is no appropriate decorum or whatever. And he says, good to see you guys. And just kept on walking. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> and then we got, the girls got to take pictures with Hosmer and Patera, Warden and shake hands. And we were all, it was, it was an, and so that summer or that, that next school year, well, what did you do this summer? Well, I went to the White House so my dad could hang out with the Royals. <laughs> Yeah, so it's cool. Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah. Gump-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the White House again and met, <laughs> met Wade Davis again. And well, I mean, I mean, it speaks to when when you have a passion for something and you have a certain light about you, uh, you find yourself in those places. You just do. But people, um, they 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 want happiness around them and and I love that fanboy moment you had I mean I've had so many of those myself Chopper I'm sure you have too I mean Chopper you've shared rooms with uh you know uh, many heroes of yours and you just get this tingly like little kid uh feel I I really love the ripple effect thing you talked about how baseball has on society um uh, somebody asked you on your trip you know, how is playing catch changing you? And, uh, and the first thing you, you talked about was how playing catch is critical to just being a human. Uh, I'd love to unpack that a little bit. What, uh, 
What's that mean? Oh, wow. Um, oh, goodness. Okay. There, there's so many different ways to answer this. And I will really try and keep it short. Um, first, we live in a society that is play deprived. 75% uh, of children under the age of 12 do not get enough free active playtime. And, and then as we get older, the statistics get worse and we, we just get old and, and we, don't, we don't think about it. And so what the year of playing catch taught me, one thing, you have to make time to play. It doesn't just happen. I had to, I had to intentionally seek out and invite catch partners and then when bad weather happened or cancellations happened, then I had to really work. And, and so, so making play a priority um, is something that, that, that has to happen. And actually, um, I have my cheat sheet here of some of my statistics. When adults play, it strengthens your heart. It boosts your lung, lung function and increases uh, your, your, the release of endorphins in the brain. That, so so the, the stress hormones go down the feel good hormones go up, which help us, helps us to relax after stress, stressful days or, or, or the parts of the day. But, but when you play, it increases productivity at work, but also increases creativity where you're able to connect varied parts of life. It wards off depression, it improves cognitive health. Um, and, then, and then it, to, to really answer your question, what playing catch does is it lets you live right now. Uh, and, and what we are really good at as human is thinking about what happened yesterday and feeling bad or regretful. Oh, I wish I would have, I wish I would have. Or being anxious for what's gonna happen tomorrow. Oh man, is A gonna happen? Is B gonna happen? Is C gonna happen? And so when we, we are torn between the past and the future and, and that weighs heavy on us. When you are playing catch, it uses your whole body, uh, arms, legs. It's a, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a brain world, it's a crossing midline experience. So you might be catching over here. You may be catching over here. So it is, it is coordinating four lobes of the brain to focus right now in connecting with that person. And because it is such an, an, an intensely physical and mental experience, you cannot worry about tomorrow and, and, and you, are, you are grounded right here in this physical activity. And, and it's because it's such this intense activity, this, this um, barrier in our brain that usually prevents us from saying things or from opening up to other people is just taxed. And so all of a sudden you're playing catch and you, you just, you are more quick to, to share stories with your partner and it creates just this magical meaningful memory uh, of of being with someone right here right now and and the other thing is you can't play catch and be distracted by your phone that's just the way to be injured you are you are in the world right here some of the best conversations i've ever had are like you said playing catch and i i I didn't know the stats on that. I, I've never really broken it down uh, the way you did there, but I get a lot of life out of being present. And, <laughs> and one of the ways that, that I'm present is by coaching kids. I have to yes. be in that moment with that eight-year-old 
and those 30 other eight-year-olds. And so there is no time to think about my phone or yesterday or tomorrow. Um, but you're right, man. The, the act of, of just playing catch, uh, the, the science behind that is, is so interesting. And uh, yeah, and those, the, the, yeah. Those eight-year-olds know if you're distracted, if you're not there with, if your mind is elsewhere, but then if, if you're there with them, they also know that and, and the, the credibility and bond that it creates. Um, we're living in, in, a, in a culture where loneliness, uh, especially since the pandemic is just incredibly on the rise. And because loneliness is on the rise, we have forgotten how to trust one another. So playing catch is an activity that, that combats loneliness, but it also builds trust. I'm, I'm not out there to hurt you. I'm not out there to try and impress you with me. I'm out there to be with you. And, and, and it's a microcosm of, uh, of the game of baseball. If you go sit and watch a nine inning game and, and, and leave your phone in the car, which I highly recommend, there's just great conversation you're going to have. Uh, yeah. that, that's another place where I have some of the best conversations uh, in a golf cart, uh, watching, watching a nine inning game. Uh, or play and catch. So um, I, I, I love, I chase being present and, and it is, it is difficult to get people these days and especially kids uh, to be very <laughs> present. So uh, I love that. Love the way you broke that down. And um, I, I, I just wonder how did you get these games of catch started? <laughs> you had your daughters in the backyard, but are you calling these public schools? Hey, will a teacher play catch with me? How, how does that go? Is it awkward? Uh, oh, it was horribly awkward. It was filled with rejection. <laughs> um, so my wife is a teacher and uh, she works with, uh, with students who have multiple disabilities. And so almost every night she has to do paperwork. So she'd sit on the recliner, uh, start her paperwork. We'd throw the Royals game on TV and I'd sit next to her and I'd send out emails and messages and this kind of stuff saying, hey, this is who I am. Uh, I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to play catch every day for a year. Would you be interested? And it was kind of spiel. And it was misinterpreted. So I thought I had really communicated it as, I, as clearly as I could. And it was misinterpreted so many ways. Like one guy said, oh, I love helping school kids with their projects. What grade are you in? It's like, well, never going to respond to that one. That one's just, sorry, you're gone. <laughs> And then there was uh, one guy said, oh, you need to text this person. This person would love to play, to play catch. So I look at, enter the phone number, text, hey, this is who I am. Well, he had sent the, uh, the wrong number. So I ended up texting a complete stranger. And, and I'm like, why did you meet to play catch? And they're like, I just thought it sounded really cool to meet you to play catch. And so there were those kind of, of, of moments, but, but um eventually uh, I so so one of my jobs is I drive my daughters to school I drive them and pick them up and so I'm, I woke up one morning and I'm just trying to get the weather report it was uh yeah, I think it was I think it was uh it was our anniversary January 4th and I'm I'm watching the news just kind of zoned out coffee is still brewing it hasn't even hit yet and I see one of the the, the uh, anchors on tv and I was like, man, I, I had played catch for three days, had somebody lined up for our anniversary. And after that, the next 361 days are blank. 
And so I saw him on TV. I said, huh, I wonder if he'd play catch. And so I sent him a message. I said, this sounds ridiculous. I know, but would you play catch? And he responded almost immediately. Yes. When? And I said, well, I'm covered for this afternoon, but you take your pick of the rest of the year. And, and he said, I've got an idea. Let's turn this into one of those New Year's resolution stories, and I'll bring out a cameraman. And I was like, that sounds awful. I don't want to be on TV talking to anyone, much less having anyone look at me throwing a ball on TV at all. And so I replied, absolutely, I'm in. <laughs> so uh, we met for catch and that story just went nuts and it went coast to coast and i had all these people say well when you come to new york and when you come to california i was like i'm not going anywhere i gotta take my daughters to school and pick them up what are you talking about and, and so um daniel oh, shed's yeah. news story is the one that really kind of put the fire behind it and started it's like people that are so afraid of your hidden agenda that, uh, you know, if you uh, like, well, what's this guy's play? What's he, well, you know, it, it reminds me of Ray Kinsella when he goes to Terrence Mann's <laughs> office. And uh, I, I just want to take you to a ball game. What do you mean? Take me to a ball game. <laughs> you know, I'm going to beat you with this pole. Um, uh, amazing. But yeah, you, you persisted. You found the right person that, that opened the door for you and, well, I'm just proud of you, man. That's so cool. Chopper, what do you got? I got to tell you, I got to follow up with that. So it's day five. We're at a downtown park. I'm playing catch with Daniel. He's got this photographer walking around. And um, he was a high school athlete. And he said, did I ever tell you that I had a brain surgery when I was in high school? I was like, no, I just met you. I've met. And he, he had this tumor growing in his brain. And it was so bad that he would sleep all the time, but he couldn't eat without making a mess. And he, um, he went on, had surgery, walked out uh, from, from the hospitals, had no repercussions. And he was living in Arizona at the time. And that's when he decided he went to play ball and he moved to Springfield to go to college on a baseball scholarship. And, and wow. so that was the first time it connected with me that, man, there are there are stories in this catch partner that I just need to, they're just there. And, and yep. that's, that's the, the whole pay attention part. I tell, I, I ask my kids every day at the sandlot, what would be going on out here today if we didn't show up and the answer's nothing like nothing. That story wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have contacted him, you <laughs> wouldn't have found out about him and he wouldn't have found out about you. And it's like, there's so much out there that, that, that can be done. There's so many empty sandlots out there that uh, you see a few dogs or a bird and that's about it. Imagine the stories, the memories that can be made. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. The question I have for you uh, is where did your love for the game, where did that come from? Did that come from a, a grandparent or, a, and, and how long have you loved it? Uh, that, that first game when I was four, that was it. Um, mom and dad said, I mean, my dad is 6'6", 240 pounds. He played football his senior year of high school because all seniors got letters. Um, but he, he was never really, I mean, sports, I mean, he played for fun, but sports weren't his thing. And, and uh, 
So we went to that game at the at, well, then Royal Stadium, all AstroTurf, orange seats, and and uh, and that was really the the light bulb moment. And from then on, it was well, I'm just going to play baseball for the Royals, and 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 that's and and he, um, man, he's such a good dad that that he just encouraged those dreams, and and so I was for it when that happened. So now that's been 44 years. Royals fan the entire time. Um, but shortly after I went to that first game, I started losing my hair. I lost all my hair when I was six years old. It's called alopecia. And actually, uh, September is Alopecia Awareness Month. So there you go. Um, and what mattered most to me when I was losing my hair was, can I still play baseball? And I, I asked the question, something like, Dad, would the Royals even want a bald guy on their baseball team? And when Dad said, well, of course you can play baseball. And sure, they would love to have a bald guy on their team. That's the moment. I, I mean, it wasn't easy. I, of course, I was teased and bullied and all the kind of stuff when you're a bald kid growing up. But having Dad in my corner, um, period, forever. And it has just, he's, he's a, he and my mom have always supported whatever ridiculous baseball dreams I have. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's the thing about baseball too, is like my, my love for the game from the age of two has always been like, I'm going to be a baseball player. And that came from like my grandma, you know, who would oh. like tape all the games and like loved the Dodgers and angels growing up in Southern California. So Vince Scully was like oh. the narrator of our childhood. And, uh, but yeah, so it's so special that bond that baseball creates. I loved how you said that, how it kind of permeates kind of, all facets of society and and I always believe that as a coach like there's so much failure in the game of baseball that you really truly learn how to survive the trials and tribulations of life so I love it it's great uh coach ballgame what do you got well having well, been strictly as a childhood narrator I mean that's not yeah. that's not bad that's not, not bad. bad at all that's, that's <laughs> not bad. well uh, you know um being bullied as you were losing your hair at the age of six, I we talk about it a lot at my camps and sandlots, and I know uh, Chopper does as well uh, in his coaching duties. It, it's about character. It's about kind of shining a light on what a ball player does. And and I let kids know through the Jim Abbott story of of how he oh. looked different and. Uh, and, 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 and he was bullied and not allowed to play certain uh, sports uh, with friends because he looked uh, weird. And, uh, and when he came and spoke to my team uh, at, at my summer camp, he said, other people's opinion of you doesn't matter. And that, that took me a long time to, to, to figure out. Uh, I, I was punching things and, and just kind of mad at the world and why, why me? For a long time and, and until I uh, kind of got that maturity or, or, or gained that knowledge that that other people's opinion of me, um, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, and were you able to, was it through mom and dad? Was it through a, a mentor? Were you able to get that enlightening moment uh, as, as you had alopecia at the age of six? It took a long time. Um, man. To probably finally be okay with it would have would have been high school, um, but there there, I would say family support was was the number one key uh, of them 
embracing and, and just being present and, and I mean, and, and there's no shame behind it. Um, but then there were friends along the way. It took, it took a long time. I, I remember uh, as a freshman in high school, I did not grow until really late. As a freshman in high school, I was barely over five foot, uh, probably soaking wet a hundred pounds. And um, I, I made the cut on the soccer team, uh, JV bench warmer again, it's my calling. Uh, and and uh, a couple of the guys in the, uh, I, I had to walk through the, the football hallway. Well, these guys are, you know, giants. And uh, one of them came over toward me. And, and at this point, I mean, I, I physically felt my heart, I thought it was just gonna explode through my chest. And he puts his arm around me and I was like, this is the end of my life. And he just said, if anyone gives you a hard time, you just let them know that I'm in your corner. And, I was, and so that was, that was huge <laughs> going into high school. That was, a, that, was, that was a big one in high school. Um, so, but yeah, it, and now, now it's great at my age now is, is all my high school friends are losing their hair. And I was like, hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> come on home well i mean those those uh those tough roads you went down whenever you were ready to find the silver linings um yeah it 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 really came through uh in what you're doing now and and for the listener grab uh grab the tissue box for this story because uh your struggles at an early age probably helped you relate with with a kid named caden i want to hear this story about Caden and uh, and his dad, you got a phone call uh, uh, out of the blue, and and tell <laughs> us about this. Oh my goodness! Okay, so um, I played catch in 2018. That was the whole year. I wrote a book about it. It came out in September 2020, um, and it was supposed to open all these doors because it was with a major publisher, and then COVID shut down pretty much everything with that. And then in October of 2021, I get an email. I said, I read your book and um, I want to play catch for a year to raise money for a Miracle League. Are you guys familiar with Miracle League? Absolutely. Okay, good. And so uh, that email came from a guy named Kevin. Kevin is in Sioux City, Iowa, and he, he wants to play catch for a year starting in January of 2022 on his 60th birthday to try and raise $100,000 for his local Miracle Week. And I said, great, how can I help? And so he said, well, we're, at, we're kicking it off January. It was about 18th, 16th, somewhere around there. Can you come up? Would you be willing to come up? Absolutely. So I head north in the winter because that's what you're supposed to do, right? And um, got to Iowa in the middle of a sleet storm and I white knuckled drove into a, my hotel. It was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And get there and he takes me to dinner. We have a wonderful time. And the next night they had this huge, huge kickoff events, all these Miracle League athletes and we're playing catch. And, and I get to tell some stories. I get to sell and sign some books and the news is there. And I tell one of my stories, and after one of my stories, this mom and dad come, come up to me, They're Dustin and Shanna Rhodes, and they said, well, Dustin has invented this thing. It's called the switch hitter. And what it does is it enables our son, Caden, 
Caden uh, is in a wheelchair. He was 14 at the time and he can't move his arms and legs. He can only move his head. But he pushes a button with his head and it enables him to hit a ball. And so they show me these videos of Caden playing in his Miracle League and, and hitting the ball at the switch hitter. And they're in, a, in this big gymnasium full about 200 people. I mean, I cheered every day. I was like, go, Caden, keep hitting the ball. Yes, Caden. I couldn't help but cheer. And so it's at that event that Kevin, who's getting ready to do his catch playing year, comes up to Dustin and says, all right, you've got a year. I want to play catch with Caden. I want him to be part of this project. You better invent something. Well, it took Dustin three and a half months, and he did it. And my, my favorite side part to this story is Caden's first game of catch was with his mom. I just think that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, then... Dustin in, entered this device. It's called the Whack. Want to have a catch, which is what what Kevin's calling his year, um, in an in an entrepreneur contest in Iowa, and won. He won the whole thing with this with his Whack device, and um, and then about uh, I don't know about a month ago or so, we realized he they they live in Sioux City, the Miracle League. National All-Star Game was in Tennessee. They would be driving through Springfield on their way to the All-Star Game. They would be passing through Springfield on a day that I had a baseball game. And so Kevin and Dustin, I uh, know Caden and Dustin got to throw out a, a first pitch at one of my one of my ball games. And I and I got to play catch with them beforehand. And it was just awesome. So great. And then Caden got an invitation to throw out a first pitch for the Royals, which is like top of my bucket list. And um, and actually, his dad Dustin wrote this today that they're they're in the in the tunnels underneath the stadium, getting ready to walk out, and it's by the clubhouse. So all the players are passing by Caden on their way, you know. And if you're if you're a kid, I mean, you'd be you know high fiving them asking for autographs or, you know, engaging with them. Well, Caden doesn't have that ability, but what his dad noticed was that as, as these ball players were passing him or interacting with him, that Caden was leaning into his switch because his connection, his ability to connect with other people is using that switch. Um, and, and, and I was like, he's wanting to be part of the game with them. And I, I love that that part of the story so much so i just think i think what 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 dustin is doing to make the game and and why it mattered to dustin is because he wanted to give caden just that that one step of independence of, of being able to do it for i'm going to swing this bat when i want to when i push the button i'm swinging the bat when i push the button i'm throwing the ball and it was oh man he gave me so it was so windy on the day we played catch um, he gave me such work. He'd launch it over my head, throw me grounders. Oh, it was, it was so, such a great experience playing catch. Every time I've gotten to go to the Miracle League and and work uh, with kids uh, with special needs, I learn from them. I just show up and and I don't, I don't really teach much. I just, I just consume. I consume it all and and learn from them because they are so joyful and they choose it. They choose joy at every single moment of their day. And 
what a perspective, what, what a teaching moment for me. Um, I just, I just love those kids. So good on you, man. Uh, good on you. Chaparu. No, I, I, it's amazing. And it's, it's a good lesson for, like you said, coach ball game, like they're so grateful for the, the littlest thing. So for us as coaches, when we see kids that, that aren't being grateful, or they're worried about stuff. It's like, Hey, like, you know, we talk about, you have a roof over your head or you can, you had a, you don't have to worry about food or like the simplest, Hey, you can walk and you don't have to push a button to swing. So um, I think that's a really important lesson for us to teach our kids. Um, but there's something truly special about the folks that, that do miracle league and just the loving on kids and that the love of that dad to help Caden get that opportunity is really special. Um, Ethan. Yeah. Like I really appreciate you coming on and just like your, your spirit for the game and for people is really cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all the questions I have coach ballgame. If you got another question, fire it. I'm just thankful that you came in and talked to us. Ethan, <laughs> and I love that you're spreading the love and the joy of the game. It's really cool. Needed. Yeah, yeah, very necessary. Very necessary indeed. My my final question is about this grip and rip baseball league. I want to know about this. I want to know how I can, I can how can I start uh, mustaching and getting involved with uh, grip and rip? What's this? Okay, so the first thing you need to know is no mustache. Ever. That was oh, so uh, so 2019. So I played catch with about 12 to 15 guys who were in the league over the course of the year. And so 2019 came and I was, I intentionally quit playing catch after 366 days because I didn't want to become, you know, like OCD about it. I didn't want it to be, um, I didn't, I didn't realize then just how important, how, how much I look forward to it every day. And then once I got done with it, the, 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 the return of, of the, of the endorphins and I, I just didn't realize how beneficial it was. And so early January, January 2nd, I stopped playing catch and I missed it immediately. And I started to kind of piece together, well, what might a book about this year look like? And it was while I was working on it um, that I had this thought, well, I just really want to keep playing ball. I want to do something. And so I reached out to one of the guys, he's actually the, the broadcaster in, in the league. And I said, I I think I might try out this year. And I just, I wanted to say it so I wouldn't chicken out because I, I, I know my, I know my talent. I know my skill level. I am a junior varsity bench warmer. Okay. Um, and I know the talent level in that league. There, there are former minor leaguers. There are collegiate all-stars. I mean, there are guys there with, with serious talent level. And, and so I said, I just I want to make it to tryout day. I don't want to chicken out. And he just says, okay, I'm going to cover your tryout fee. And I was like, oh, no, no, let's not do that. Okay, that makes me commit to it. Let's not, let's hold up. So I went to tryouts the first year, made the cut. Um, and, and probably one of my favorite parts of this is I, I put it on Facebook. All right, in six months, I will be trying out. And a guy reached out to me. His name is Mark. He says, well, I just played in it last year for my first time, and it was wonderful. So if you want me to help you get ready for tryouts, I will. And so for like, for like five months, um, every Friday, Mark would drive 30 minutes to come help me get ready. To I mean, we played catch, long toss. He threw me batting practice. He hit me grounders. He hit me fly balls. Just 
everything that thought I'd need to, to get ready for trials. So I made the cut that year. Mark makes the cut. Mark's team goes on to win the championship game. Fantastic. Uh, next year, try out again. We practice again, all this kind of stuff. Mark and I are driving. Every year you have to try out. Every year, it's a 16 league. Uh, every year, uh, the teams are drafted anew. In the second year, Mark and I are drafted on the same team. And in the 12th inning, 11th or 12th inning of the championship game, Mark hits, gets the walk-off hit to win the championship for us. And it's the first time I've ever been on a championship team. And, and, uh, and to, to have my training partner deliver the hit, that was, that was amazing. So I'm, I'm now, this is my fourth year playing in the league. Uh, my third year with the same manager, same team, the, the Ozark Mountain Ducks, uh, used to be a, a, a minor league team, has been rebranded to be part of the league. Um, and, and, and so I, I, I tried to grow a mustache to be part uh, of yes. the, the brotherhood of mustached men. And this past Sunday, we suffered our worst loss in team, 21 to 1. Oof. So, so mustaches went by. Oh yeah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gone. Um, so so amazing to see that the, just your love of the game is uh, uh, impacting so many. And uh, folks, I've already ordered my copy. It is somewhere uh, between Missouri and California. The book's <laughs> called A Year of Playing Catch. Um, and, and check, check out ethanbryan.com, uh, see all his stories and, uh, and, and, and many other books, um, striking out ALS. We've had Boog Shambi on, who's a big advocate, uh, for, yeah. uh, for finding a, a cure for that and for helping those with ALS. And, uh, you, you've done a, you've done a very noble and great deed for, for our game of baseball. So just keep it up and. Thanks for coming on. Oh, man, it is a joy to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I can't wait to play catch with you. I, I'm all over Deal. the place. So whenever I'm in your town or you're in my town, we got to play. Uh, game on. Atta Thanks, boy. Ethan. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. The beauty of having a podcast, man. Like, uh, yeah. you know, uh just getting getting an email from him and and how well written the email was and then how different it was like he just took 365 straight days to play catch with people he didn't know and just to just to connect with them and be present um the lessons learned uh, he's written this uh about, about his travels uh how, playing catch can reignite a fire within you um, uh, finding the joy in the simple things, which I'm a big fan of, and how one life can impact a whole community. Um, none of those stories would have happened if he wouldn't have went on this journey and his daughters and wife said, go, go do this. And that's how I look at my Sandlot tour, you know, as I go around to these different towns. Uh, some of these kids might not try out for Little League the next year. You know, they wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. They wouldn't play catch with their dad if it wouldn't have been for for this meat squeeze and freeze song or, or this, uh, this nickname given uh, drum playing uh, guy uh, that, uh, that inspired him. So 
man, a lot of fuel right there from Ethan. Yeah, the science behind playing catch, I really enjoyed hearing that. And it, wow. it makes sense because when you know, you know when you have the high school kids out there or the, or the younger kids, as soon as they start playing catch, they start talking. And uh, now you know why. There's science behind that. You get, get the brain firing and it uh, diffuses or taxes the part of the brain that doesn't want to open up. And all of a sudden, kids start talking about their day and all that stuff. And uh, I try to shut it down and say, hey, focus up. And now I need to start to kind of rethink that and uh, let the boys share a little bit. That's a great note there about when you see somebody start playing the game of catch, their, uh, their, their face changes. They start smiling. I see a lot of people, they'll start talking while smiling, you know, yep. uh, and, and yeah, their whole countenance changes uh, by the game of catch. And, and he's, yeah, wow, just cool. So that's Ethan Bryan, folks. Um, Really, really neat. Uh, last week, we had a, another great interview, uh, the X-Man, Xavier Scruggs. If you haven't listened to that one, so many great, great nuggets for kids and for coaches and for parents on um, on the psychology of of baseball and sports and uh, and an, another great, uh, great look into into mental health and 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 the uh, how it correlates with baseball and sports, uh, just like with what Ethan's doing, you know, your mental health is, is a necessary thing. And I think playing catch can, can help with that. So, um, Hey, we'll, uh, we'll close up our shop with, with the best thing we saw all week. And, um, and you showed me something, uh, that, that, uh, brought a little tear to your eye. Is that your best, uh, is that your best thing all week? I've got three things. So I've got, uh, yeah, I've got strike one, strike two and strike three. So I'll, uh, I'll kick off with, uh, I'll kick off with one of them. And then uh, if you want to kick with yours or I can go all three, what do you think? What do you, what do you prefer there coach? Um, I'll bat third. So give me two and then I'll go okay. three. All right. My first one is Mr. Boaz, Boaz chop, my eight-year-old. They had our first uh, 10 U. we had a scrimmage against another team. And uh, so first time this team's, you know, suited up and strapped them on against a, an actual opponent. And uh, we put them kind of in the fire. They were going against a really, really, really talented club. Um, and Boaz was playing second base in the third inning and the other team shortstop hit an absolute rocket up the middle. Uh, and Boaz took one step, full extension, dive to his backhand. He's eight calmly gets up to one knee and throws a three-quarter strike to first throws the kid out by a half step the kid couldn't believe it he didn't know what to do I don't think he's ever gotten out he hits the ball so hard always and he like took his hat off and like tipped his tipped his helmet to Boaz and the whole crowd like gasped like you like you hear in a big league game when someone makes that good of a play and as his father I'm just it blew me away uh it was unbelievable but Boaz made another play similar the next inning when he was at shortstop he was one for one with two walks five stolen bases including a steal of home um, oh. number 35 from the sandlot Boaz chop was just <clears throat> unbelievable and, and listen we got waxed that team killed us it was 24 to 6 but there was a little stretch from the third inning to the fifth inning where we outscored them five to two and we really kind of got locked in and it was like I told the kids I'm like boys for that to be your first game, and I know it got sideways early and it got really sideways late, 
but it was awesome. We, we, we uh, executed two PFPs. So two like pitchers covering first, like eight, nine-year-olds that are like seeing a ground ball hit to the right side. My first base and went for the ball. Boaz fielded it at second, but the pitcher was at first base. It's crazy. So I was really proud of him. That was one. This is the second one. I don't know if you can see there. It says, thank you, Coach Chop. So good. That's a picture. Yeah, that's a picture of myself and Brody Young. So he his nickname is Cap for Captain. And there's more pictures on the back here. This is a thank you card they sent us. That's just all my babies that I've had the opportunity to coach. Mom and dad sent me an awesome letter um, just thanking myself and, and Coach Debbie. And, um, yeah, they made a grown man cry. So it was mm. it's pretty special. Uh, and it talked way more about life in that card. It wasn't about baseball. It was about how we care about character and we care about encouraging and running camps and doing community service and showing our kids what really matters. Um, so cool. Love that family. Love that boy. Uh, that kid is just such a great kid. A yes, sir, kid. He works hard. Um, he's a captain. He's, he's the captain of our club. I've never named a captain before, but he was an obvious choice to be uh, the captain of our, uh, of our team. Love the number choice on Mr. Captain as well. 21, baby. 20, Let's go. 21, baby. Let's go. Oh. Wow. It's good stuff. Attaboy Boaz, attaboy captain. Yeah. The, the notes I get about um, he's become a, a, a way better hitter because of you. They feel really good, but it's no comparison to you have caused my kid to, to make better grades in class and to be more respectful to his teachers and to us. That's where it hits me. And that's where I'm like, Ooh, okay. I've really done something there. Um, mine's pretty simple. And, uh, and, and it's one word and it's a friend of the pod, Albert 700, man. Uh, uh, being able to see that. And I, uh, I had booked tickets to Dodger stadium with Mrs. Ball game for the Saturday game because I wanted to see Kershaw versus Albert one last time. And maybe, oh, maybe that'll be 700. He didn't uh, waste any time. He went bang biscuit uh, in, uh, in the third and then bang biscuit in the fourth, back-to-back -back innings. And to be able to see it live, even though it was on TV, um, Man, I watched it like 20 times. I really did. The music Dodger Stadium threw out there. Um, uh, his joy. Uh, he, I've never seen him smile like that going around the bases. You know, he's always pretty, pretty serious. And, and he did it, man. He let it rip. And uh, it was, it was just one of those, one of those moments where it's like, he's got everybody's He's got the world's eyes right now, and he is just making even Dodger fans so exhilarated right now. And I, I've talked to so many Dodger fans that were there, and they're like, man, I was rooting for him so hard, and that was such a special moment. So um, that's Albert, man, and and he uh, he let the fan who caught 700 keep it, and he said balls are are for uh, for the fans, and uh, that's that's just Albert, man. That's That's our guy. Yeah, uh, my my J, my head JV coach, um, who donates his time, he doesn't want a salary to coach uh, at our at our school. Uh, awesome human, uh, Brandon Bowling. He's a Marine. He's a used to be a federal judge. Now he's a prosecutor. Uh, just a great human. 
he texted me and said, Hey, uh, is there any way I can get a couple tickets for, for Friday? And, uh, he's like, just let me know the cost. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll Venmo you. And, uh, I said, absolutely. And, uh, so I got him two tickets. They're waiting for him at will call. Um, but when I told him that I said, Hey, you know, it's on me. Like, I want you to have fun. I appreciate you. You're the best. Uh, and he's like, no, I, that's not why I asked, you know, I want to pay. I'm like, no, I insist. Like, I appreciate you. And I, and I love you. And didn't even know who they were playing. You know, I just wasn't aware of the, the, the schedule or the situation really. Uh, and then he texts me a video of 699. And then he texts me, he just hit 700. And then right after that, the video of it. And so for me, as this coach who has a JV coach that I'm so thankful for and a friend who I'm so thankful for, it was super cool to be able to get him tickets for him and his daughter to be able to see it. He's a huge baseball fan. I mean, he's a diehard baseball fan. Uh, it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, and then Special. I text, I texted Albert and I did not expect to return, but the pro that he is, you know, responded right away the next morning. Um, but uh, I was just blown away with him. I think I just said, Hey, congrats. It's amazing brother, you know, uh, but, but did not expect a response. It, it wasn't, didn't really warrant one. But uh, Albert being the pro that he is, you know, he's just the best. Uh, the, the last one I have really isn't a best of the week. I think it's more for our coaches. Um, and it's a really good, important thing that happened last night. Had a kid taking some ground balls at shortstop. Extremely good athlete. Uh, he's going to start on varsity as a freshman. He's a stud. Uh, he was really struggling. Uh, I mean, looked like he had never played baseball. And uh, so I called him up. And, uh, and once again, coaches, this is – Coach Ballgame and I talk about this all the time. This is me changing as a coach because in the past I would have just been like, hey, give me a lap, wake up, you know, like dial it in, son, you know, that stuff. No, I just called him up and waited for everyone else to get out, you know, so it was just me and him. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, dude? Where's your mind at? Are you, are you not focused? Are you trying too hard? Are you frustrated? Where are we at? And uh, he's starting tonight in our game. So it's, I, I, I kind of needed to know what's up. And uh, he goes, coach, I'm really angry. Like, okay, all right, good. We got to the root of it. Why are you angry? He goes, because I should have made some of those plays earlier. Okay, well, here's a really great teachable moment and a learning, a lesson for you. When you're angry, you don't play well, right? Because it's gotten really sideways. From that moment of you getting angry, it's gotten weird. So we've got to be able to get to a point where we can take a deep breath and get right back in the moment because we know the other side of it. You playing angry is not the play. So we've got to find a way. And maybe it's a keyword, maybe it's a joke. Maybe you got to go time out and, you know, talk to the, talk to the pitcher, whatever you have to do to be able to kind of clear that mechanism and reset. We've got to find that, you know? And I told him, don't forget you're awesome. Don't forget you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're one of the best athletes I've ever seen. And tomorrow night, we're going to need you, but we don't, we don't need any more than you. I just need you right now as you are is more than enough, but we need that. You know, we need you. And uh, he said, yes, coach. And he went back out and he made like, he was back to just being awesome. Like, plays on the run routine plays all this good stuff he was totally back so it was really cool that we learned through that instead of just as a coach you compound compounding the problem by making him even more angry and frustrated by give me a lap wake up what's wrong with you you're embarrassing me you know get to the root of it try to help and then get that athlete with some tools to go into have some success in that moment and moving forward it was really cool i mean something i learned from dave roberts in episode five of our podcast uh, was to praise loudly and critique quietly uh, and, and in private. I, I made a video this week on 
uh, parents that say throw strikes to their kids uh, in game. Um, I, I, I can't think of too many other things that would that would be detrimental to a kid than, than saying throw strikes. They know they're supposed to throw that strike. There's 100 people watching them try and throw that strike. And then you, uh, something, somebody that they're, they look up to more than anybody else on earth, um, challenging them to throw strikes and saying those words, it puts them on the defensive. They're not, they're not going to aggressively throw a baseball with lots of backspin. They're going to aim it and they're going to try and place it. And they're, they're going to be throwing from a place of fear. Uh, I think the same thing could be said when, when you tell the kid, don't chase a bad pitch. Um, you're teaching the don'ts as opposed to the do's. So they're, they're immediately on the defensive. They're, they're thinking, nope, I'm not going to swing. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, that, that's a strike. I better swing and, and you're beat. So um, I think a, a much better way to say that is be aggressive in the zone, right? Your spot, be aggressive. And then the next day, quietly, you, if they're having trouble chasing bad pitches, you can critique that. You can instruct that. But in game, um, let's not yell those obvious negatives that are going to put them on the defensive. So uh, well done, buddy. Well done uh, empowering that young man to, to just be a great teammate. And there's 80 different ways to win. Uh, and, and maybe it's just you being you and you being there and you cheering on your teammates. So um, I love it. Uh, the playoffs are about a week and a half away. Let's go. Uh, the Guardians, all that good stuff. So uh, I'm excited for, for playoff baseball. Anything to close up shop? Chopper. Yeah, I want to. I want to touch on what you just said uh, about coaching and. Uh, yeah. We need to. We need to comfort as a coach on game day, right? So it's like that's not the time for criticism or constructive criticism. Even that's the time to comfort and try to keep your kids in a positive mindset in the moment when they mess up. Hey, it's okay. Let's get the next one. Um, but as coaches, understand time and a place. Like you said, the next day is where you can kind of come alongside them and instruct them. But it's too late on game day. On game day, you are the chief comforter in command, and that's it. And you have to comfort, and you have to love, and you have to speak with the right tone, especially with you, especially with young kids. And parents, to your point, mom and dad, your kids look up to you. So if they're looking at you for, like, this love and support, and you're looking at them with disappointment and frustration and throw strikes and blah, 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 it's not it. And your kid's not going to want to play anymore. Uh, I had a kid, AJ, over the weekend who swung and missed at a ball over his head for strike three, three, two count came in. My thing with my kids is, Hey, be confident and be fearless. You be confident and you be fearless. If you make a mistake, make an aggressive mistake and we will celebrate it always. And then we can always work on it the next day as far as how to correct it, if it needs to be corrected. So I had two kids take strike three. They were in that no, no, no mindset, right? No, no, no. Yes. And I had AJ who was yes, 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 yes. To a fault. Well, I went in and I loved them. AJ, that was awesome. You know, that was great. Next to bat, first pitch swung over his head. Instead of saying, don't chase, I said, hey, try to see it down. Hey, great swing. Hey, just try to see it down, right? He ended up getting to a full count and check swinging on that 3-2 pitch over his head and drew a walk. And it was great. It was like, it was really cool. But as coaches, if we go the wrong way and get sideways with it, what's our goal, right? Is it just like, oh, you guys are embarrassing me and I, I taught you better than this? Is it about you? Or is it you're trying to help your kids get through navigate you know the the waters of a game 
you know, and sometimes they're smooth and sometimes they're wonky, but how are you going to help them get through it? So I love it. Yeah. The guardians is really cool. Uh, playoff bound and man, they, they just took off. So watch out for the guardians coming out of the AL central, dude. That Tito juice, man, that Tito juice, Tito juice. Uh, he, he comforts the, those players on game day. That's for sure. Uh, I love yeah. that. Be, be the master comforter on game day coaches. Well, all our Patreon uh, supporters, you're, you're keeping the lights on in, in Tommy Gold's office. Uh, I appreciate your support. Chopper appreciates you as well. And um, some great guests lined up next week. Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes. Love Jan. Who's, Jan who Gomes. Has, uh, has had a great year for the Cubbies and, um, and, and is excited to come on. And, and I'm going to ask him all sorts of questions about all the pitchers he's caught and all the, all the great stories he has from all those great clubhouses. So um, uh, that will be fantastic. I can't uh, wait. Follow us along uh, at Ball Game and Chop on Instagram, uh, and and get the word out. All right, this is a this is a really good podcast. It really is pretty great. It's good, it's pretty good. Great. People talking about good, impactful things. Um, and one more time for Ethan Bryan, like keep doing it. Do it again. Go around the world and play catch. Uh, tell people, uh, inform them how important being present uh and 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 having a conversation is uh i think man i think i'm gonna play catch today just because of that i know i know i am it's game day tonight baby let's go bang bang <laughs>